This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Praise God forevermore. How many people have had a beautiful day today? Can I see your hand? Very beautiful day. Not because somebody paid to your account. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's read something from Colossians chapter 1. Every Christian that wants to grow must spend time with the New Testament part of the Bible, especially the epistles. They will help you to grow. Alright? Hallelujah. Whatever we know in the scriptures, we must know more of the epistles, more of the words of Jesus Christ. In short, we must know more of the New Testament of the Bible. Alright? Because it's inside the New Testament that we are given instructions on how to live a Christian life and how to grow. Okay, so you don't grow by chance. You don't grow because you have increased your activities in the house of God. You grow by practicing the word of God and walking with Jesus every day by his word. Is that okay? So at times you need to actually ask yourself that, am I really growing up spiritually? Am I growing? Alright, what has changed between last year in my Christian life or in my life, because a Christian has only one life, that's a Christian life. What has really changed? How have I moved to another level? And what are the indications that I am stronger spiritually than I was last year? How do we measure spiritual growth? And how often does this happen? Six months, three months, one year? At least we know when a tree is growing. Certainly, you know when a man is growing. At least, when his physical body is growing, you know. Because his body can be growing, but he might still have common sense. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. But you know when a person is getting taller, getting stronger, and then you know the person is growing, and after a while, he's beginning to have white hair. And you know that. You know when a woman is growing? Praise the Lord. So how do we know when a Christian is growing? And spiritual growth is very important. So I want to read something. I want us to look at something tonight. And that is uh, Colossians chapter 1. Are you there? And I want to start from verse 9. Uh, some of the prayers of Paul in the Bible are very important to every New Testament Christian to understand why he prayed in a certain way. And sometimes, or many times, it is better that when you want to pray, you also pray the same way the apostles prayed, because these are spirit-inspired prayers. So one of such prayers we are looking at tonight, the Bible says in verse 9, For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and desire that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Paul said, and I was writing to a church that when they told me that you guys are now born again, I have never stopped praying since then. And look at the content of his prayer. He said, we pray for you. 
and desire that you, you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. I want you to know what the will of God for your life is. Maybe that's the literal spell we look at tonight. Paul said that I started praying for you. Once you have come to Christ, then it becomes necessary to know what the will of God for your life is. Everyone that is born again and part time, <laughs> there are expectations of God over your life. There is a direction that God wants you to go. There are things that God wants you to do. And we are going to look at just one example today. Um, and just to say that, um, like I've been talking about season, the season of blessing and the season of abundance, they dry up so soon when we don't know for what reason God has brought the abundance to your life. No Christian can really enjoy marriage if it is not under, if you don't understand the reason why you are married to that person from God's perspective. Why has God brought you together? Why do you walk where you walk? Why do you live where you live? Are you following me? Praise the Lord. So Paul said that I started interceding that you guys will be filled with the knowledge. Oh, <laughs> amen. You know, somewhere in Proverbs, like he said, the Bible said that a man that is in honor and does not know is like a beast that perish. And how many people have been taken by God to somewhere? It nearly happened to Esther. She was in the palace and she thought the will of God was just to enjoy the palace until Mordecai talked some sense to her. That if you keep quiet at this moment, Esther chapter 4, verse 14, 14, he said, If you keep quiet, salvation and deliverance will come to Jews from other source. He said, You are going to perish. It is like um, what normally happens to those who don't understand why God has set them up. It's, it's as if they fizzle out with time. And it's happening to a lot of Christians. You cannot keep growing spiritually if wherever you are, you are not fulfilling everyone's purpose there. So Mordecai told Esther that, hey, girl, you did not win beauty pageant for a reason. You didn't wish that you could admire the palace. You've been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. That means God saw in everything going on in your life, there is a divine purpose to everything. So, um, Joseph was sold by his brothers. But when someone of was going to look at his story, the Bible says he sent a man before them, Joseph. So God sat down and he saw that there was going to be a famine and then he sent somebody to get ready to feed the children of Israel by the time the famine arrived. If Joseph was in Pharaoh's palace and started watching African magic and was enjoying the palace without knowing that he was in the palace so that a generation will not perish of hunger. God's plan is not about you, though you benefit from the plan, but it's about so many people connected to you. So when you miss it, many will suffer. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. So, later the psalmist said, he sent a man before them. The Bible said, he called for famine, but he sent a man before them. But Joseph didn't know that. You will not know the fullness of what is going on around you, but what you need to know is what God wants you to do part-time. 
Are you following me? Praise the Lord. So Paul said, I am praying that you become aware of his will for you. And that awareness is important. Praise the Lord. When Mordecai said that, then Esther said, okay, 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 okay. He said, what? Uh, let everybody begin to fast and pray. And she rescued Israel from death and destruction. And guess what? Years after that, she was still the queen. I have found out that when you let heaven fulfill their purpose in you, then the place they are placed to, that is when that place makes sense. That must have been the reason why Samuel's mother had five more children after Samuel. Because she gave the first one to the Lord. Once heaven's perspective is understood, it's as if every blessing will open. You begin to understand this is the reason, the main reason. If you have never understood that story before, I believe why Jesus caused that fig tree. It's about what we are sharing now. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus got there and instead of fruit, they were just leaves. And Jesus said, henceforth, no man heats of thee again. Follow that word. That's Mark 11 and some other place in the gospel. Henceforth, no man eat of thee again. Jesus did not exactly say you are cursed. He told the tree what will happen to the tree. That no man will partake of your fruit again. Why? I am the Lord. I have come to eat your fruit. If you will not feed me the Lord, you will not feed any other man. You know what? It's as if if God does not partake of your promotion, no man will partake. That means the position becomes senseless. Let me show you something briefly now. Are you following what I'm saying? Is somebody with me? Amen. You are awesome. And so much depends on you. You know what many of you don't know? God trusts you more than you can trust yourself. God trusts man so much. And I'm going to show you one of the reasons why God trusts you. Because you don't really know what is inside you. What is inside you has been said to be in the Bible, which is your manual. See, just like many of you here, all you know about your phone is call, SMS, WhatsApp, and Facebook. <laughs> Amen. The price of a phone, the price of a laptop, the price of an iPad, the price of a tab, or tablet, or biscuit, whatever. <laughs> the price is not in how it looks. So if you go to Samsung, there is a small paper, or you go to slots, or wherever you buy these things from, or one corner of your streets, or there are many places they buy devices from. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. So, you are going to find different types. So, when you put your laptop, laptop down, you see a paper at the front of it, where you want to buy from, and on the paper they write, 16 gig, something, picture, quality, this one, that one. They write, they, they call it features of the phone. Is that true? The price often depends on what the device can do. Is that true? The capacity, the speed, the picture quality, and the name of the device. 
Is that right? So there are some phones that they look so beautiful, but they are very cheap. All these devices, you are going to read about them, and then you start your negotiation. Now, this is the truth. It is possible to buy the most sophisticated, with the biggest capacity, with the highest speed, and all you do with it is to be watching cartoon. Your laptop, all you have on it, when you are mine, which soap opera again? Which one is all those? That's what you load it with. Uh, which one is uh, raining now? Say it. They don't want to talk. So they will not think you are watching it. Well, I didn't know you are watching. Just tell us the name. You know, that's what you put on it. And the next thing you do with it is to take picture. Some have phones. If you love music, all you put on your phone, songs. So apart from making calls, SMS, WhatsApp, and songs, you don't do any other thing with the phone. Now, the human spirit is extremely powerful. And sincerely speaking, the word of God in New Testament does not give us an impression that we are ordinary. In order to sound humble, we say that we are just ordinary men. God is just using us. But if you read what the Bible says about a Christian, the Bible does not portray a Christian as an ordinary person. Hallelujah. The Bible says you have the second Adam, a life-giving spirit. Jesus looked at the Bible and said, the works I do, you shall do, and greater. They never underrated human spirits. Because Jesus knew about what he was going to accomplish on the cross and what that would do to what is called hidden man inside every man and every woman. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul was praying in Ephesians chapter 3. He said that, that you be rooted and grounded in love, be able to comprehend with all the sin, the land, the bread, the width, to know the love of God as a personal and be filled with the fullness of God. How can a man be saying a Christian can be filled with the fullness of God. Is he saying that all of God can contain, a man can contain all of God? Yes, that's what Paul said. Because human spirit is powerful. Because it has been recreated after God. Once you are born again, something has happened to your spirit man. It is recreated after God. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 says, Be ye imitators of God as God's children. How can somebody be admonishing people to imitate God. A kind of man will say that a mortal man cannot imitate God. But the Bible says, be ye, it's an expectation, imitate God. And one of the ways of imitating God is to speak like he speaks. And the Bible gives us how God, in Romans chapter 4, he said, God, who gives life to the dead by calling the things that be not as though... Hey, hallelujah. That means you too will give life to a dead thing. By calling the things that be not. So when something is dead, we don't say it's dead, we say it's alive, then it comes alive. Praise the Lord. This is why, see, Christianity is not for weekly. This is why you, you, you don't start talking. You know, the way my life is, your life. Paul said, the life that I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The same life that was in Jesus is in you. So how can you say my life? You are describing the one that is visible. That is not the real life. It is application software. It is not the system software, which is the original thing. Are you following me? 
Except you are trained like this, you are going to be a very weak Christian. Complain every now and then. Complain about everything. Every now and then. You know, I don't know what is wrong with me. I don't know. And the devil does, he likes those who talk like that because he keeps picking on you. You see, even among primary school children, eh, the one that is showing himself to be weak, everybody will pick on him. I will not say about that children. About children. They feel strong by picking on the weak one. Yes. But some children from the world go, they establish their supremacies. They are not the biggest, but they are very mean, so everybody will leave them alone. Let's look at Philip. Act chapter 8. I believe I'm speaking to somebody. Your life, the Christian life, is beautiful when you allow your spirit to rule over. That is why if you win so, you go home happy. It actually shows that that is where you are supposed to live. Many of you have tried it before. When you pray for a long time, you are happy afterwards. Your spirit is longing to step above this mundane world. This world is dirty and is weak and it reminds us of all our mistakes and weakness and everything. When are you going to step out of your body and start living a supernatural life? There are too many people who live ordinary life every day and they are Christian. How, how, when will you start living a soup? When will your neighbor actually be able to say that there's something supernatural about you? And when will you start exploring the realm of the spirits? Amen. How many people here can actually confidently say that you are sure that there is something supernatural at work in you? That you've experienced it too many times. You just know. That there's something supernatural about you. Hallelujah. Are you with me? And when you live in that realm, it gives you so much joy. So much joy. Praise God. Amen. It's sort of joy. The other day we were going for Brahmos is a wicked. Pastor David was there, Pastor Abby was there, Shere was there, and you know, normally Shere drives my car a lot, and we don't have problem. It drives very well. And this particular time, I wasn't wearing native, so I wanted to drive. I just insisted that we're going to meet police on the way, and they were asked for driver's license. I said, So, where's your license? Ask him. He drives my car. He still wanted to drive this afternoon. Almost every, and I, I don't ask him. They don't stop him. But that day, I just insisted that. Where's your license? Said they're going to. He said, okay. So he said that. Uh, so I said, let me drive. Then Pastor David offered to drive also. So I said, okay, you do. Then I asked him again, where's your license? And he went to check, and it was his And I said, no, let me drive. So we had not moved ten minutes where we saw a group of them. And they said, park. They stood for me, park. And the first question, where is your license? So all of us are laughing in the car. It was a woman that led them. He pained her that we had the license. Say, where is this one? I showed her. Where is this one? And then, you know, she, they said, this is your tin permit. This one uh, is the old one. There's a new one. I said, madam. <laughs> okay, she didn't have anything. She had no choice. Let us go. Amen. You know, days like that, you... From little things to great things, the Spirit of God wants to teach you. This is real Christianity. Hallelujah. Somebody shout Amen. Amen. 
Hallelujah. See, one of the reasons why many of you don't work in these things, you are not, you don't like winning souls. We can't get away from it. It is the heartbeat of Christianity. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Personally, I believe that that is the fastest way to all the gifts of the Spirit. Because they are not for entertainment. They are for service. And the greatest of all services is to bat another soul at the feet of Jesus. Nothing greater than that. But that is what many Christians don't do. So winners, don't go and stand on the mountain and pray for days to get an answer like many people do. I have checked most people who climb to go and pray and fast. I give a depression as if if you are not fast for three days, dry, seven days, dry, you cannot progress as a Christian. There is no such a thing in the Bible. Many times they don't. You have to check with the master what is important to the master and what makes him happy. What not what you think will make him happy. And the Bible gives us a clue. Over one sinner that repent, there is joy in heaven. Let me see how there will not be joy in the life of the man that is causing joy in heaven. Every day before you go to bed, you give heaven reason to joy. All angels are dancing. Because that's what the Bible says. Once a soul is said, they throw party in heaven. You are giving them reasons to have party in heaven. Why wouldn't there be a party in your life? Are you following what I'm saying? These are simple things that we overlook. But somebody wants to be happy and they say seven days. Oh, and they say, <laughs> Hallelujah. I will never forget this evangelist Ibado told us. He was going to the north. As soon as they got in the night and they started shooting to the bus, the guy and everybody in the bus said they, they saw him. He was dozing. When he saw them shooting, he just crossed his leg. And somebody said, What audacity? He said, I know Christians don't like winning. So those he said those are what that winning. We are few and God can afford to lose us. And nobody touched him. Nobody. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Are you following me? I saw one very powerful story on TBA yesterday. There, there was this woman, pastor's wife, who entered depression and lost her mind. She would just fix her gaze like this. I've been looking. I've told you something before. I've told someone like that before. Looking, and they had to take her to, to a psychiatric hospital. And there was this evangelist, an old man. The body were interviewing him in TBN, and they went to confirm in the hospital. Everywhere this guy got to, he would just start turning people to Christ. And when they came to visit this Israel, and they told them, let's go and see the one. When they got there, they told them in America that no prayer here, no prayer, no religious and you have five minutes with the woman. So the, the man that led them, he left them there. He said, as he looked at the woman, they began to quote scriptures. All of a sudden, he started blasting. He said, they even remember, they said, you should not pray. As he was praying, they came to carry the two of them and threw them outside. And the other day, they were leaving. Ten minutes after the woman entered the bedroom, dressed up, showered, come out here and came to reception and said, I am fine. I want to go home. Every question they asked her, she answered brilliantly. She said, I've gained my mind back. I'm fine. And she went to meet them at home. They didn't let them finish the prayer, but the prayer works. We don't have to finish our prayer. Acts chapter 3. They did not finish their sermon and 5,000 people got born again. As we were preaching, the priest came to arrest them. But the little they are saying, <laughs> only this is beautiful. It's amazing how God wants to partner with you. But like I shared last week, we have too many traditions and ideas here, and they are blocking the flow of the Spirit. A Christian sees a sick person, instead of him to pray, number one, she's intimidated by the name, cancer. 
can. <laughs> and she feels that I didn't even have devotion this morning. Me, I fought somebody at work yesterday. Only that there's no scripture that says the name of Jesus will work when everything is right with you. Show me one scripture. The name will work independent of you. Or regardless of you. Are you, are you following me? It is called finished works of Christ. He did everything and the name is given. Your car will drive if nothing is wrong with the car. Whether you have just fought your boss or not. Are you following me? The key to your house, we open the house. When you are angry or when you are laughing. The key does not say that since you insulted your elder brother. Come and enter then. <laughs> and then you try. It's like you want to enter. But did you remember the last thing you said before you left home? The key will work. The name of Jesus has been given to us. Somebody say amen. amen. You know, many times we just cheat ourselves by disqualifying yourself. Maybe next we'll show you in the Bible where the Bible said that God who has qualified us and made us partakers, but he has qualified us, but we will disqualify ourselves. Are you with me? See, I have forever rested in the fact that God knows me, my errors, my weaknesses. He saw all that he died. He saw all that he gave me the Holy Ghost. He saw all that he gave me his word. There's nothing else he will not give me. Are you with me? The way I, my attitude didn't stop him from giving me the most important. The least ones will not be a problem. Are you, are you following me? That must have a pause reason. He said, he that gave us his son, how shall he not by him freely give us all things? A man looked at you as insult, as everything, and he decided to give you five billion. And now you want to go and ask him for 20,000 and you are trying to adjust yourself. Adjust your dressing. The man feels insulted. That when I saw the way you were dressed, I didn't ask you a question, I gave you 5 billion. Now you want to collect <laughs> just 20 and you are preparing to impress me. Did you impress me to receive the 5 billion? That is what is called grace. Jesus made it available all. And what is he has made available, use it. If your boss complains, say, can I pray? Just believe that the work, the acrobatics behind it, Jesus did it. That's all essence of the cross. The work has been done to make it easy. Are you, are you, are you with me? Yes, if your tab is with you, many, all of us say, we can't fix a tab. I say, you are working where you've been trained. So people have done the labor of putting all the wires together. So that when you punch it to work, Jesus has done all the work. So when you call, Hallelujah. you know, I read the passage that I showed. I was listening to a message there to Nandi. Somebody just said, just by the way, you no, know, I was reading a book. I just saw a part. A white man, an old man, and he has a repetition of miracles. And he said that the Bible didn't say at the shout of the name of Jesus, at the mention. He says, Why are we shouting? Jesus! Jesus! And you know, he, he shocked the old world by adding his step. He said, the Bible did not even say, we should say in Jesus' name. He said, the Bible just said, I mention. What is mention? Jesus. Jesus. So that means I can pass by a demonic person and just say under my breath, Jesus. And the demon gets out. 
Because the Bible says a dimension. And the Bible doesn't joke with the word, with words. A dimension. Maybe why it doesn't work more is that we shout it. We put our head. <laughs> like the guy they call William Agba in that uh, popular comedy on Facebook. Put your, grab the person's head. And the person's even afraid. Ah, she pray and all the <laughs> and the Bible says it is not by power you know as we are speaking now just demonstrating and explaining and calling the name people can be getting it right now yes. our expectations are set on when we finish 30 days a lot of us cannot stand and then we join it with 12 hours straight of prayer then when we say that are you ready for miracle then everybody said you it's good to fast all throughout God's we are fasting but we must remember with or without our fasting Jesus already did it all he conquered Satan without the help of our fasting is somebody following me you see these things they, they, they set us free they let you live a free life so that the devil can't corner you anyway he cannot come to say that because you didn't pray very well in the morning, now I've got you one corner. Then I will tell him that, well, my authority over you has something to do with my prayer life. It has everything to do with the Lord I, where I belong. I belong to Jesus who conquered you, and that fact cannot change forever. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. You know, an American citizen is an American citizen. Anywhere, any day. Yeah. Okay. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. We have to end now. Let's just read Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 8. Sorry, Acts chapter 8. I want to start from verse 25. Bible says, And when they are testified, Acts 8, 25, and preach the word of the Lord, return to Jerusalem, and preach the gospel in many villages of the Samaritan. And the angel of the Lord spake to Philip, saying, Arise, go towards the south unto the way that goeth down to Jerusalem, Gaza. Bible says it's a desert. And he arose and he went there, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, Enoch of great authority, other candles, queen of Ethiopia, who, had the, who was in charge of his tre- uh, treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning in his chariots and read the book of the prophet. Verse 29. And the spirit said to Philip, Go near and join yourself to, the, to these chariots. And Philip ran thither. Oh, may this be our attitude. Amen. The Lord said, Go and join. Philip did hesitate. He ran to obey the Lord. And Philip said, Do you understand what you are reading? And the man didn't understand. And he said, How can I? He was with Isaiah. Go down. Hallelujah. Give me verse 32. That's why I'm, I'm going somewhere there. The place in the scripture where he read, the Bible said it was reading about Isaiah, and then verse 34. He said, Who are you talking? Who is the preacher? When I was asking Philip a question, 35. Philip opened his mouth and taught him from the same scripture. And verse 36. As they went on, they came onto a certain water. And Enoch said, See, here is water. What do hinder me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe, with all of thy heart, thou mayest. And the answer is, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He led him to Christ. 
Verse 38. He commanded the chariot to stand. They went down to the water. 39. And when they were come out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip that the Enoch saw him no more. But the guy went on rejoicing. This is a very powerful passage. God told, so the guy was riding, you know, chariots with horses at the front, you know. Um, and that was the best uh, means of transportation in those days. Because the guy was a big shot. He was like PA to one of the richest queens on that. So, of course, he was enjoying the goodies of the palace. So he came, like what you would call somebody bringing a private jet or a limousine bringing somebody to a place. Others were working. Philip was working. <laughs> he was working. Before the Lord told him to go and join the guy. But the guy was in a chariot. But inside his limo, he was reading a passage and he didn't understand. But he was reading. The guy had a hungry heart. He wanted to know something about God. And he heard he was wounded for a transgression. He was bruised by iniquity. The chastisement of peace was upon him by his stripes. So he was wondering, so who, who is this guy talking? He was reading from Isaiah. And we was like, who is this talking to? You know, as at that time, only the Old Testament was available. There were no New Testament books. But the books of the prophets were available. So it was only one of the books, which was Isaiah. So like, what, who, is, who is the guy talking about? And the Spirit of God told Philip that join the chariots. So Philip came near. And the guy told Philip that come inside. So they were riding in the limo together. And Philip began to share the gospel with him. And this is a powerful word. The chariot was to move a person from one place to another. As soon as Philip finished preaching the word and he baptized a guy, the Spirit of God caught Philip and disappeared, literally, and appeared elsewhere. What was God trying to prove there? And what is God telling us from this passage? Something is very important. Now, pay attention, please. The Lord wanted us and Philip to know if it's about transportation or transporting you, I can transport you. The reason why I ask you to ride in that man's car for a while, so that you'll be able to lead the man to me. If it's about meeting your needs, giving you a house and a car, God can. He can do it without any job. The reason why I sent you to offices many times is so that you can lead people to Christ there. Did you get that? Yes, any chariot to enter, we can mean office. Any position, it takes you a level higher. You travel out. Somebody offers you a job, a new line of business. Yes, that business is blessing you, but God is saying that with or without that business, whatever money you are earning from that job or that business, I can give it to you because I'm the Almighty. But I am allowing you to work with another man. So that you can reach out to the people. This is the reason that is often neglected and that the old working experience does not make sense again. Are you getting me? It can make you a PA to a notorious guy who doesn't want to hear anything about Jesus. It is so that there can be a contact. But you know, if this were to happen to some of us, they will cross leg in the limo. Enjoy the limo. And they will feel that talking about Christ in the limo might offend the owner of the limo. Until they will come out and realize that they have missed the purpose why God allowed them to enter the limo. Are you getting me? Wherever you are walking, 
If your colleagues in the office are not changing, are not following you to church, there's a problem somewhere. You are in the chariots, but you are not feeling the reason why you are inside the chariots. If your shop is located somewhere and neighbors are not benefiting, you are not reaching them, they are not following you to Christ, something is missing. You are in the chariots, but you are not feeling the reason why you are inside the chariots. There are Ethiopia Enochs around you, but you are letting them pass. They will forever read Isaiah and not understand by themselves, and they might perish. But you have understanding, but you aren't help, you are not helping them. Are you are you getting what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. One of the fastest ways to receive an answers to any kind of prayer is to just follow what I've just shared with you. There's so much in you. What are the features of your spirit, man? Maybe that's what we look at. There's coming on next, next Wednesday. Maybe that's what you look, we look at. I need to tell us what the spirit of a Christian can do. How, what is loaded? What has Christ put there that has made you such an unusual person on the face of the earth? Why do we command demons and they obey? A Christian. Why did God put a New Testament Christian above angels? Angels can fly up and down. We don't need to fly, but our words can fly them around. Are you with me? There are some Christians don't know. Those who really have authority, when they see an angel, they don't tremble. Yeah, their presence can make you feel uncomfortable a little because you see the light coming from them. As I live, they are the ones who have stayed in the presence of God for a long time. It will have effect on your physical body. But it doesn't make them have more authority than yourself. There are things that you know as a New Testament Christian that angels don't know. That's what I'm saying. The things angels desire to look into, but it was not given to them. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. That's what I say. You shall judge angels. And we need to start walking in this realm. Your spirit, man. Ah. <laughs> when you start this journey, needs will disappear. And it's as if you are living as if you don't have a problem. That are thrown at you and they fall off. They fall off. They can't stand. And then the devil sees a person going this way. It's as if he releases all blessings. One dear sister just made up her mind. She couldn't get a man to marry her. She said, you know what? I don't care again. And she got busy with the things of the spirit. All of a sudden, men were let loose from every corner. That's the pattern of Satan. Once he wants you to fret over something and you don't fret, he will leave them in abundance to distract. See, this is the pattern. It tries to stop you. When you are unstoppable, it tries to push you too far. Did you get that? Praise the Lord. A person is, <laughs> it can't, it doesn't stop you from having money. But you don't care. You are reaching out to people, touching lives. The money will bombard you. Now, it will send it more than enough to distract you. Did you get that? Because some people will never fall in their moments of need. But they will fall when there is abundance. And you understand that very well. Praise the Lord. That's why I told you on Sunday. The best way to deal with Satan is just don't let him dictate the pace or the tone. Don't, don't ever find yourself sitting down. Ah, and you are thinking as if the whole world has fallen on your head. And you are so concerned. You are sad. Then the demons are rejoicing around. This is exactly what we want. But the Bible says, count it all joy. When you fall into diverse, as you check the list, your name is not there, you start rejoicing. They are confused. What shall we do to this man is the next question. Because it looks like nothing will you. Have you heard me tonight? Yes, sir. 
So we are going to look at the features of women's will. Next week we'll look at that. Glory to God. Thank you for listening to the teaching. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Towing Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.